Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Objective brought to you by the Ayn Rand Center UK, where we apply the practical philosophy of objectivism to current events, well, to everything, um, as philosophy should be applied. Uh, today, we have uh, my my ver our very special guest and a man behind the scenes, Daniel Krauss, and we're going to be talking about reparations in California. Now, back in 2020, Gavin Newsom appointed a council to get together and figure out this thing called slavery reparations. Um, wherein the state of California would be, I think, the first state in the union to legalize reparations, how those reparations would be paid for, the justification for the reparations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, were part of what this committee was supposed to, um, uh, the solutions the committee was supposed to come up with. They have produced a thousand plus page report on this, and uh, legislation is pending. Uh, lots of people suspected Gavin Newsom appointed this council with no intention of actually um, uh, implementing any of the, the laws in it or the moral sanctions in it, but simply to appease you know, the, the very uh, virulent left and the rising voices of people on the left who are claiming that reparations are a just thing. So we're going to talk about that. Are reparations good? So lots of uh, thinkers out there have made cases for reparations. Another question that I think we should answer, because this is this this whole piece of legislation or the, the potential legislation is premised on it, is has slavery affected the Black community today? Or the pathologies that we see that are largely ensconced in that community related to slavery or to something else? I mean, the, these are things that we're going to try to pick apart a little bit today. Daniel? You had an opportunity to read the article a little bit more thoroughly than I did. So uh, let's tell folks about it. For those of uh, the uh, people watching who are not familiar with the California reparations thing, let's, let's talk a little bit about a little bit about that. What's that all about? Uh, so the reason why the topic came out today is recently there's been a new uh, UC Berkeley poll basically okay. asking uh, California residents what they think uh, about this whole idea. And it looks like 60%. So most people agree that slavery still affects today's black residents and it's specifically in california so they were asking do you think black residents in california are affected by slavery 60 percent believe they are uh 27 think uh it's by a great deal 20 percent think there is some effect and 13 percent say uh that there is like a small effect and uh 30 surprisingly enough don't think there is any effect uh so what do you think about these like percentages before we go I think, to this I, I think they reflect the stupidity of the california electorate we have to remember that this is this is a, a group of human beings who um who elected governor newsom for a second time at, at when he was recalled when his record was clear when they had the opportunity to oust the guy who's probably the worst governor in this in state history they voted for him in overwhelming numbers. This is to a tune of like 60%, uh, which gave him the sense that he had uh, a, the sanction to do pretty much anything he wanted to do in the state of California. And we're feeling the effects of that, right? 33,000, uh, 350,000 people exiting the state every year, a tax base leaving, the middle class disappearing. We're, we're, we're having a, the California is rapidly becoming a state where only the rich and the subsidized rich and the subsidized poor can live, the middle class and the tax base are moving elsewhere. So I, it's extraordinary to me that, but not, 
So, so not just because they're the California electorate, that doesn't make them stupid just because they're a California electorate. But it's, it's not surprising to me that with the propaganda blitz that we've been getting from the left through academia and in popular culture, that, that more or less makes Western civilization, in America in particular, um, the most evil empire in the world. And based upon the institution of slavery, capitalism itself, the narrative now tells us, is based upon the institution of slavery. It's not surprising to me that given the, the, the now formidable uh, foundation that slavery supposedly held in our culture, that 60% of the people think that it's still, that the repercussions are still reverberating today. In California, mind you, which entered the Union in the mid 1840s as a free state. Yeah, I actually have that. So it banned slavery in uh, 1849, although in the article I read there was like some loophole uh, around it. But even then, in uh, 1852, there were about 200 and at most 1500 slave descendants uh, in California, mind you. And 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 the, the slavery picture in America is extremely nuanced. This is something that the, the, the supposed advocates of nuance always leave out of the picture. So when you're talking about slave des descendants, it's it's really difficult to know exactly what you're talking about, since there were there was a fair there was a good percentage of black slave owners, some of them who bought purchased their family members some of them who actually profited from the slave trade. There is a great deal of intermingling of, of the races in the South. And many migrants may have been, you know, the privileged few that inherited wealth and property and even other slaves from their quote unquote masters with whom they had relationships with. It's, it's such an incredibly difficult uh, situation to parse out, right? If, even if you were to find the descendants of those 200 descendants um it would it, be super hard to figure out who was uh, who was in, in chattel slavery who was profiting from chattel slavery you'd have to do an immense amount of research just to do that of course that's not what they want to do they want to draw they want to they want to draw a hard racial line between black and white and if you're black i, I, I suppose you'll you'll get an immediate uh reparation if you're white you have to pay it and you can see this sort of uh I don't know what to even call it, but but maybe like principle versus the practical kind of dichotomy almost all Americans have. Like even in th this poll, like as I said, 60% support or, or say that uh, uh, Black descendants are still or Black residents are still affected by the legacy of slavery, yet also 60% don't think there should be any cash reparations. And 53% said it's unfair to single out a single group to uh, do any reparations and surprisingly 20 percent uh, even said that, uh, that it would cost too much which is surprising to hear from californian residents well i mean we're in the red so maybe they're starting to feel the pinch that you know that these things actually matter yeah it would cost too much i mean in the neighborhood of i don't remember what the exact numbers are, are they are they listed in the article uh, it's, I, th it's, it's, I think it's I saw something, it might be something like uh, half a percent to 1% of GDP of California, which yeah. California has a big GDP. I think it is, if it was like a lone country, I think it's in top 10. So it's a lot, uh, but maybe not as much when, when you do like a GDP comparison. Uh, well, part of the horror, I think, um, that, that, that these uh, uh, California residents are feeling 
was was from the sort of the trial balloons that were sent out by the by the commission that claimed you know that every descendant of slaves should receive a house for like a dollar and they should have a million dollars compensation um people just uh, when they were confronted with the the actual ludicrousness of those numbers they backed off now if i i i do believe that <clears throat> um there are people in the south who pr probably deserve reparations from from the states in the south and from companies in the south who practiced uh jim crow and who benefited mm -hmm. financially from jim crow and who hurt uh blacks in jim crow those who were able to remain or even those who were forced out to other parts of the country to avoid jim crow uh, there's certainly something to be said for practices like redlining state states deliberately keeping blacks from from growing economically um there's something to be said for that in part because those descendants are probably still alive the people who are directly hurt by those or even by, the people who were directly affected by the, the, the actual people themselves right that one of the main moral sticking points for me is that no slave uh uh no African no no person brought over in the Atlantic slave trade um from the 1600s on exists today no no white person is a beneficiary of that today um they're they're not a predator uh, against they're not predating uh black uh the black community as they did then and they should not have to pay reparations for that <clears throat> so I have a couple of couple more things to bring up but first let's go to our super chat so we have a super chat from Catherine thank you so much she's saying paying for the sins of our fathers we right I mean this is this is like this is like something that was banned in our in the formation of our early constitution the idea that a, the, the crime of the father should reverberate generationally through a family that was something that did exist before you know the subjugation of of uh, government to moral law, which we call rights. And so now the crime stops <laughs> at the people who committed the crime and it doesn't reflect on the generations that follow. I know personally, um, I don't even think my family, my ancestors were here in the 19th century. And if they were here, they were in Canada, which was a refuge for slaves. So there's not a single person in my family who, who benefited from the slave trade, even though I'm sure I could find African-American studies, African studies majors who would attempt to make that correlation. But it, it just didn't happen with my family. Yeah, and yet I would be on the line for paying for people whom I never hurt. Uh, not to mention also the more well-off Blacks in California would also be paying for the more poor, although yeah it, it, could, it could be yeah. a wealth distribution thing or that you know it may be even more unjust a, a wealthy black who can prove that they're a descendant of slave may get that million dollar buyout anyway i mean we see this all the time in 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 welfare statism and state status programs like this all the time there's this you know we think that the statism is supposed to help the benighted the people who are oppressed but it also ends up you know greasing the palms of people at the top too uh, we also have a super sticker from Jonathan. Thank you so much. And another super chat from Catherine. She says, uh, California had some of the worst Jim Crow laws, uh, which I believe it's a joke. I, I'm not well versed in uh, well, US history, but I, I believe California probably didn't have Jim Crow laws. Well, California certainly had anti-Asian anti laws, um, which, which communists like Jack London were totally in favor of. 
I'm sure I'm sure there were racist laws in in every state, um, just like there are racist laws in every country. Um, uh, un, un, unfortunately, for those people who were the recipients of those laws back then, they're not around today. Uh, and and the March of America has been a fairly consistent march against laws like that, right? To make to make us more consistently aligned with our moral principles as stated in the Declaration of Independence. So um, those things existed. I don't know about Jim Crow. I'd have to look that up, but- uh, uh, I, I Actually, don't... in the article, it even talked about uh, maybe some possible reparations for the people who were forced into labor camps during the World War II, specifically the Japanese well, there, residents. There already was. I think it said in 1988, there was a $20,000 $20, stipend sent to people who who were forced into labor camps by President Roosevelt, a Democrat, by the way. So, um, And those people deserved it because they had their homes taken away from them, they had their livelihoods taken away from them, they're isolated in camps. And, and that's a, that's an egregious overstep by the, by the government, and they should have received reparations. And as far as I know, they did. And those people, the, the direct recipients and the direct ancestors of those people within one generation, were um were the beneficiaries of it as they should have been uh so quickly we have a member chat from bonnie she says who will give reparations in the future to today's taxpayers who will pay for these reparations of course uh, yeah you're right but nobody because you know if you if you have enough money to pay for these reparations or to be considered in the class that should pay for these reparations you have no sympathy because you're you're rich and the rich don't deserve sympathy. And also a comment from Catherine. She says, Kali absolutely had Jim Crow laws. I'm somewhat surprised about that because uh, I thought it was like specifically just the South. Uh... It's, it's it's certainly something that we associate with the South for sure. I, I don't know about Jim Crow in California. I'd have to look that up, but I know they had racist legislation for sure. Uh, we also have a super chat from Ashley. She says, my uh a great grandfather's family sold him to a farmer as a teenager used to be a thing because they were so poor we're white but and she shrugged oh sure i mean indentured servitude uh was was a probably indentured servants represented a vast majority of the population of america at first that meant everybody was was tied to um a type of slavery where they had to pay off the they had to work and they were the property of that person during a certain for a specific time period and when they were released from that contract they were free but up until that time they could be sold to somebody as well um we 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 grew out of that thank thank god um but yes a, a lot of people in the in the white community who were in those conditions um lots of poor Irish and uh, immigrants in in America that that worked in worse conditions actually than uh slaves um are often overlooked as as minorities that struggled against real oppression but they they did um it's just that one side has political gravitas and the other side doesn't no uh Catherine specifies racist laws equal Jim Crow laws so yeah in in that sense they definitely did probably all states had some sort of racist laws uh I guess it depends if you specify what exactly is Jim Crow laws 
Yeah, in this case, Jim Crow laws were, were were separate but equal. They were they were the attempt to segregate whites from blacks uh, in the erroneous attempt to satisfy a constitutional provision, you know, that re required um, equality before the law, equal protections under the law. And the idea was that they could separate these uh, whites from blacks, provided that the um, the services provided were more or less the same. Uh, of course, they were never. It was never that way, and it was used to enforce cultural racism. It was a, a terrible, terrible thing, per, predominantly with respect to the South. Um, if you, I don't, you, anti-Asian laws were anti-Asian laws, uh, you know. And 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 yet, what I find very interesting is those laws were quite onerous and quite destructive, and uh, obstructed the progress of a group of people who happened to be more prosperous than whites. Um, and I think Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams point out this kind of stuff in their numerous books on racism and politics, and even in their in-depth studies on the effects of uh, slavery uh, in future and current generations. Um, they, they make a pretty solid point that the pathologies that we're seeing today really have nothing to do with slavery. And the points are fairly solid. I mean, when you see the rates of marriage, when you see the rates of family togetherness, when you see the nuclear nature of the family, the spirituality of the black community, all of which were much, much, much higher uh, immediately following slavery and in the decades following slavery than they are in the decades following the great society. Um, which was the welfare state, the birth of the welfare state in the in the late 60s. That is where a real decline started to happen within the black community. Uh, so before we don't have much time. Uh, so first, thank you, Jason, for your super chat. He says not to mention 300,000 Union soldiers that died to end it, meaning slavery, and how it affected their descendants. There's that. I mean, there's that. There's, there's. I mean, the, the institution of slavery was insidious in a lot of ways. Um, it, 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 it affected the white working class in, in, in insidious ways. It literally destroyed it. It decimated it. Not only because it created a, a stigma to um, manual labor that the lower classes found it hard to, to break out of, that there was no way that you can compete against the free labor of a slave or even one that was loaned out you know because oftentimes as uh, if a slave had a skill their master would loan them would loan them out at, at for money they could make money on their own but they would have to pay a stipend back to like a, a sort of commission to the slave master um but still the prices i don't think were were um were in of the nature of of, of a competition for white slave labor, push them out. It's one. It's one of the reasons we we still have um, uh, the slave own the slave states of the South are amongst the poorest in the Union. Uh, so just to quickly go over a couple more things. Uh, so uh, they were in the article. They were also talking like why is uh, uh, support for slave reparations not higher, and they blame the right wing media. Uh, <laughs> also, su uh, surprising thing: cash payments were slightly more popular among women, younger voters, and those born in the U.S. So, for Im immigrants, are much less supportive of these reparations, uh, which makes sense since 
they literally even if you buy into this argument of your descendant in slavery with immigrants you cannot ever make that argument um, uh, indeed because immigrants often find themselves in alien cultures where they are politically strapped oftentimes the legal system works against them and yet they still find prosperity and Asians in America are a perfect example of that in fact Walter Williams and Thomas Sowell often make the the they make the correlation that political power does not translate into uh, material prosperity but many in the black and civil rights movement have gone towards acquiring political power, but it doesn't trickle down to the lowest in the economic realm. Realm Certain cultural things do, certain cultural elements like family stick-to-itiveness, uh, the, the, the relationship of that, that group to studying and working and the, the work ethic in general. That's what's passed on and that's what coheses the groups and makes them generally more prosperous or less. Uh also we have that the, the task force that was set up for this recommends going beyond cash payments in things like ending cash bail which we already seen in uh, at least one state we actually made an episode about it uh they also supported repealing the three strikes law and this was very surprising to see paying fa fair market wages to incarcerated people yeah, I'm sorry, uh, but you know the 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 13th Amendment does make an exception for uh, involuntary servitude for people who are convicted of crimes. And frankly, you should pay restitution uh, to the to the victims if you're a criminal. So the fact that they go in there and may have a there may be a sort of work program or work furlough program, but none of that actually goes to the benefit of the victims that they've hurt um, is a is a terrible injustice. Look, um, you don't you don't have to have a three strikes measure. That's that's true. Make people serve their time. And when they serve their time, it should be for making the victims they've hurt whole. And if you have programs for them, it should be towards changing their minds and personalities about as as Michael Leibowitz, uh, you know, has said, it's about the thinking. It's about it's about the, the criminal's orientation to the world. And you, you there is a, a form of of you know, psychological work, cognitive work that they could do to make them less inclined to commit crimes against people. But prison should be a hard place to live. It should be a place that it, it shouldn't be a graduation up the ladder. It shouldn't give you cachet, shouldn't give you a reputation with your buddies. It should be a it should be a shameful place to go. And you should be made to pay restitution for the crimes you've committed so that maybe you think twice uh, next time about about hurting people. Uh, and just a couple last things. They also supported uh, rent caps, subsi subsidizing no. down payments. Uh, I think it was specifically for Black residents and interest-free loans. Uh, yeah, so, to, so to, all of that to, is... To, to kind of combat the redlining. Um, yeah, but all of that, all of, so, so redlining is separating, is, 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 uh, is separating, you know, value from reality. And these things, these programs are separating value from reality. Interest rates are a reflection of something real, and they and and part of that is the risk that somebody is taking on um, to lend you money for resources that they have the, the possibility of losing, and the the, the level of interest is determined by the level of risk that they're taking. We know how price caps work on housing; it causes scarcity, so that's just going to hurt everybody. And what was the other one? 
uh, subsidizing down payments. Yeah, and... none of that. All of that is terrible. All of that just all of that incentivizes bad investment. There should be and and, it, and it's forcing the property out of some people's hands and redistributing it to others without due process of law. This is just evil all across the board. It's un-American all across the board. And by un-American, I mean it's so disrespectful of the autonomy and rights of of innocent human beings. Okay, it looks like we're almost out of time. Uh, anything to summarize everything you have to say, Mark? Yes, uh, I think I think reparations uh, are going to be it's going to be a louder and louder voice uh, for people playing on unearned guilt of the white community. Um, you folks out there that never practiced racism, never never enslaved another human being in your life, never exploited another human being in your life, should not feel guilty for those um, who were exploited because that's not your fault. You should feel, you know, a, a, a justify a sense of of anger uh, about what happened to um, those folks in the past and a desire to make the world a better place today but making the world a better place today won't happen by redistributing some people some innocent people's wealth into the hands of others who did not earn it it will be better by more consistently aligning ourselves with the principles of the declaration of independence which means we should all be free and autonomous beings all right get the political class out of our lives and your life will be better and if you actually want to make some sort of or, or somehow help the, the blacks the one thing you can do is get rid of things that this uh, this i i don't know i forgot that word but that affect uh the uh the african-american disproportionately such things as drug laws uh get rid yes. of those and that's and one... and anti-gun legislation gun control laws affect affect the african-american community much uh, much more it, it leaves them the victims of violent crime unarmed victims of violent crime unable to protect and defend themselves against the predators that live in their neighborhoods yeah so it, all the stuff that comes at us in the guise of being compassionate is really plantation politics that's all it really is get rid of it get rid of it okay thank you mark and Thank you, everyone else, for watching us today. We'll be back with the reality show in a couple of minutes. And also, I believe we should have, uh, at 10 p.m. UK time, we should also have Life on Earth, but it's not confirmed yet. So, uh, But make sure to watch out. And I believe tomorrow at 10 p.m. UK time, also, we have TV talk uh, with Mark Pellegrino, Jacqueline Schumann, and Jennifer Oh, Polani. good. Okay, good I, to know. I believe that's what I heard. And uh, now even uh Mark knows, so... Okay, yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was going to be uh, uh, the following week, but uh, that's great. We'll be. Uh, I guess we're talking about after party. Yep. Okay. Good. Okay. Good show. Thank you, All everyone, right, and bye bye. bye.